This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 28, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. The death of the U.S. manufacturing sector has been greatly exaggerated, so says Dan Eikenson, the associate director of Cato's Center for Trade Policy Studies. He says manufacturing is doing well, and assertions to the contrary are either terribly mistaken or political posturing. His new policy analysis, Thriving in a Global Economy, the Truth About U.S. Manufacturing and Trade, is available at our website, cato.org. U.S. manufacturing is doing extremely well right now, contrary to a popular misconception. Uh, Since the manufacturing recession ended in 2002, uh, all of the major operating uh, indicators have been trending upward. In 2006, U.S. manufacturing experienced uh, record sales, record profits, record profit rates, record return on investment, and and record output. It's really firing on all cylinders. And uh, however, uh, many in Congress are putting forward this myth that because manufacturing is declining, we need to get involved and impose trade barriers to help save it from the tides of international trade. Now, when gauging the effectiveness of U.S. manufacturing, all those numbers are great and wonderful. Uh, Democrats and even Republicans, though, use job losses as sort of the key measurement for them, at least, at least when they go out on the campaign trail often, as the key metric for measuring the effectiveness of the manufacturing sector. And to an extent, they're right. Jobs have been in decline in that sector. That's true. Uh, It's not a recent phenomenon. Uh, Jobs peaked in the manufacturing sector in 1979. And since then, they've been in a constant uh, decline, uh, as has been the case with other developed countries. In the manufacturing recession in 2001-2002, we lost about 2.8 million manufacturing jobs that have not returned. Uh, The problem I have with the continuous citation of that figure is that since 2003, job decline in in manufacturing has reverted to its decades-long average, a much more gradual rate of decline. The fact is, when you have declining employment in an industry and record output, uh, we're we're talking about huge gains in productivity, and those are uh, key to improving living standards in the United States. Meanwhile, the U.S. economy has been strong, uh, averaging about 3.5% output uh, growth per year for the past decade or more. Uh, Since 1980, we create 1.8 million net new jobs per year in the United States on average, and the current unemployment rate is 4.5%. So there are plenty of opportunities for people who are losing their jobs in manufacturing. Most of the job losses happened at the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, So uh, there, there's been a lot of opportunity for people to move into higher-paying manufacturing jobs as well as moving into service sector jobs, which are now, also contrary to public uh, misconception, uh, are higher-paying than manufacturing jobs. Hillary Clinton has made several references to the hard-hit manufacturing sector, but she is certainly not alone in in doing so. Even Republican candidates for president have pushed the Bush administration to, as they put it, get tough on various nations, including China, with regard to their trade practices. What is the relationship between trade practices of our trading partners and well-being in the United States? Well, I think if you look overall, uh, you see imports have increased dramatically. Uh, Pick a point in history, uh, going back to 1960, 1980, uh, more recent, 2000, 2001. Uh, Imports have continued to climb, but the economy continues to grow. Uh, Imports are very important to U.S. manufacturers. Uh, What people don't seem to know, because the politicians don't want them to know, is that 
U.S. producers account for the majority of U.S. imports. 55% of U.S. imports in 2006 were of the types of products, raw materials, components, capital equipment used by U.S. producers. So month after month, you hear politicians lamenting the increasing trade deficit. But in fact, there's a pretty strong correlation between import growth and manufacturing uh, output growth. Likewise, uh, exports have been uh, a real boon to, to U.S. manufacturers. Over the past few years, the world economy has been growing at a faster pace than the U.S. economy on account of the growth of China and India and, and, and other countries in the developing world. U.S. manufacturers have been able to tap into that. Uh, exports were also at a record in 2006, a, as were imports. Um, there is a lot of focus on Capitol Hill on the currency value in China and in, and in, and in Japan, but I don't really think a lot of thought has been given, given to the actual consequences uh, if, for example, the yuan were to appreciate by 20 or 30 percent. That were the case, China, which does a lot of uh, importing itself, China has a trade deficit with the rest of the world. A higher valued yuan would allow them to purchase more raw materials. Those raw materials would be cheaper. Uh, which would ultimately drive up the prices for commodities if the Chinese are buying more, uh, and would also allow them to lower their costs of production. So they would be able to export more, more cheaply to the United States. It could counteract entirely the intended effect of a currency realignment. So I, I think overall, there is much more to lose if policymakers, if they think they're intervening on behalf of manufacturers in trade policy. Uh, leaving things the way they are is absolutely the best course. There are some other practical effects of the various currency valuations that are going on right now. The manufacturers of automobiles in Europe are preparing to make significant investments in the United States as a hedge on their very pricey currencies. That's right. Uh, we, we've seen this happen in the past. Foreign investment is important uh, to the U.S. economy. Uh, millions of Americans are employed by uh, majority foreign-owned companies. But interestingly, the same folks who complain about uh, the rise in imports and the, and the, the undervaluation of, the, of foreign currencies are the same people who rail against direct foreign investment in the United States. So the natural consequence of a declining dollar relative to other currencies is to see more foreign investment. We shouldn't oppose it. We should allow that to continue unabated. Foreign companies uh, employ uh, millions of Americans. They contribute to the uh, local and the national economy. And uh, it's actually the lifeblood of our economy. Dan Eikenson is the Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies. His policy analysis, Thriving in a Global Economy, the Truth About U.S. Manufacturing and Trade, is available at our website, cato.org.